So I know that we talked about a skincare routine. Mm-hmm. How's that going? What's your current skincare routine? Um, it, it hasn't changed all that much. Mm-hmm. I've gone through the trial and error of like, I tried, um, what is it called? An astringent? Because mm. I thought I had oily skin. Not the truth. I have dry yeah. skin or combination. I don't know. Uh-huh. <sighs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I tried um, working in a toner in there. And when I ran out, I just never bought more. Mm-hmm. But most consistently, I use like a CeraVe cleanser, mm-hmm. either in the shower or like I will always do it in the morning. Yeah. And I will always do it when I shower. It's the first thing in the shower. So um, usually when I shower at night. So that's two cleanses. Yeah. Um, after that, I will put a lotion. And if I'm going outside, sunscreen. Perfect. And that's Perfect. kind of it. That's good. I mean, your skin is I started good, so flossing like, more, too. Fuck, oh, my gosh. What's prompted this, like, age of I got health insurance, and so I was like, I refuse to go back to the dentist and have them roast me again uh-huh. for not flossing enough. Yeah. Which they're going to. They always do, but, like... Well, I don't really get roasted because I do floss every single day. Since when? For years. Then why was it part of your New Year's resolution to floss more? It wasn't. You must be thinking of someone else. Maybe that's mine. You, yours was to stop using Q-tips. Q-tips in my ear, but I still, I still use them. Too. And I'm going to. Uh, I really want to make a TikTok about this, mm-hmm. about how my New Year's resolutions are going. Um, I've checked off one. Let's get the episode started. First. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Taylor. My name is Kevon. And welcome back to another episode of... No, no follow-up follow questions. questions. The show where we talk about the booms, the bangs, and the blunders of living through your 20s. So true, Leslie. So it is It is now past half of the year, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, let's check. And do you have your New Year's resolutions? Did I write any this year? I did have a list of like manifestations. Yeah. And those, most of them came true. <gasps> oh my God. You can tell me yours while I find this. Okay, so these were some goals that I had. First off record and release a song that could still happen maybe it could happen. tucker click oh amy van who <laughs> wants to produce you no I think this year we learned new skills i mean i don't have any of that equipment my second one was to go on a date with a girl that never happened so hmm. at the beginning of uh or the end of last year i was like matching with folks of all genders on dating apps we were chit-chatting hmm. Um, however, the first week of January, I went on a date with my now boyfriend. A budding bisexual dating a straight white man. You know what? <laughs> That's probably the most bisexual thing I could ever do. Um, but yeah. Does he know you're, you, you, I you, said, I've said, I've said things. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um. Said things like, I like girls or said things like. Well, that's the thing. I might be queer. I don't feel confident enough to like claim any sort of label. Like, okay. I've I don't have any like real world practical Isn't experience. Isn't queer and questioning a thing? Like questioning? LGBTQ, right? Me questioning. Questioning. The A stands for ally. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> okay. Um. So this was a weight loss goal. Um. I gained like twenty pounds. That um, was the goal. No, the goal was to like lose weight. And I'm not going to say the specific number, but um, the actual reality of what happened is I ended up gaining a bunch of weight this year. Um, Get an associate producer gig. I left the TV industry (laughs) and went back to school. Go on a trip to New York. 
that could still happen. It could. You should. It's fun. I miss it. Let's go. <laughs> I had a uh, savings goal. Okay. Then I quit my job, <laughs> and I've actually been draining my savings account, right, so right, that right. was fun. Um, right. Have sex. That's the one I've checked off. Good job. Um, make money off of No Fucks Pot. It's not too late. Not too late. Maybe we can still do that. We have a year before we quit this thing, so <laughs> to do something. Stop using Q-tips for my ears. Here's the thing. I would love to do that as well. That was also on my list of goals, but... I even bought the little like solution you're supposed to use instead. Oh. But the the instructions say you're supposed to put it in, let it sit for like 15 minutes, and then like rinse it out or take a shower. That's, That's too so much. much work. That's too much work. Are you supposed to? Are you supposed to? Yes. Like, 15 for each. Turn your head to the side and let it drain by with gravity. I'm sorry. No. If I'm not supposed to put Q-tips if in I my ear. If I don't have a lap to put my head in, I'm not laying it in. <laughs> if I'm not supposed to put Q-tips in my ear, why are the ex- why are they the exact well, size and shape the- for putting? In my ear. Right. If not for ear canal, why shape like ear canal? If not feel good to put in ear, why God, not you put in ear? You get that spot and you just like you do the little leg yeah. twitch. Yeah. Like a, like a dog. Right. Um. So yeah. So I've currently checked off one out of nine goals. <laughs> Work. <laughs> but I, I've actually achieved goals that I never even had on here. Like... Go back to school. Okay. Um, Isn't life just about pivoting? Be a barista again. <laughs> Fall in love. Whoa. Like these on are goals. The podcast. I didn't even put that on the list because I was like, "There's no fucking way." But like, beautiful things happened to me this year that I didn't even know, and the goals that I did not achieve. Who cares? Not me. <laughs> do you remember any of your manifestations? I do. The, I made these manifestations after I quit my past job, the barista uh-huh. job. The, the first time I quit. Mm-hmm. I've quit two in the past year. You and me quitting hey. left and right. Hey, I'm feeling good nowadays. And you're just a few years away from the rest of your career. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. Um, I... No, one of them was to get a, a job that paid at least $70,000 a year. Check. Love that. Um, I wanted to feel like I was making cool shit, mm-hmm. both in work and, like, outside of work. And, like, um, that I felt, like, valued and, like, people knew that I knew what I was talking about. It's, like, halfway done. I, like, have poured a lot of myself into the job, but kind of put every, all my personal shit on pause mm-hmm. but we're gonna talk because i have a i have a cool idea mm-hmm. to bounce off of you okay, in the car. Oh. we're going Ooh. to dinner tonight at tucker click's house and amy van's house <laughs> i always forget that they're like they're roommates, roommates. <laughs> <laughs> um They'd, that'd be so funny if they started like introducing each other's roommates you don't they probably do That's i have funny. a i have a friend those friends that I'm pointing to, my mm-hmm. now married friends, they like they like fist bump each other and be like, "Good job, bro." Like, <laughs> Aww, <laughs> they're just friends. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> um, what else? I wanted to have good, consistent sex with someone that I care about. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Whoa. And I wanted to like stop taking care of grown men. <gasps> Papa. It's going great so far. One of them was, one of them was to floss more. Uh-huh. I am doing it. It's not perfect. But before I would floss maybe like twice a week. Bad. 
I'm being vulnerable in the pod. <laughs> now I do it probably like five times a week, mm. which is much better. That's really good. I learned that it's all about putting things in a like easily accessible spot. Yeah. My dentist is going to hate me, but they said don't use the little dent, like the floss sticks. Mm-hmm. But bitch, if I'm not using those, I'm not flossing. Yeah. So it's better to do like it 80% good mm-hmm. than not, not do it at all. Yeah, I agree. That's my philosophy. Um, um, great. Yeah. What's the difference between you and me where you're checking off all your goals uh-huh. and I'm not? Mine were where they needed to happen or I would kill myself. <laughs> Love it. It's nice to have like a good, like motivating <laughs> factor. Right. Behind any sort of like, right, um, right, right. any sort of goal. Yeah. No, mine were just like, they were bound to happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whereas like, you're like writing a song, for example, that's not going to happen unless you do it. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff I have to find the list, but there's some stuff that like, I have to put effort into doing it that I, I just haven't yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they are off the top of my head. But the other ones, like, are manifesting. Were they manifesting or was I trying really hard every day to make it happen? You know what? Is manifestation real? I feel like we've covered this topic before. We have. And I think I might have turned a corner on. Because mm-hmm. part of it, like, I, I was putting the energy into the universe that, like, I wanted specific things. But part of it was, like, like how much is it, of it is serendipity and how much of it is like my effort? Yeah. Me calling myself a self-made Probably man. both. Maybe a little of both, yeah. You know? Things just happened to fall in place in a way that I felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept doing that. That's really sage advice. <laughs> you know, I am your oldest friend. So am I actually your oldest friend? Oh. Do you have any friends older than me? Not that I'm like as close with. If I decide I like you, I will tell you anything. Not that like there are levels to it. Like you probably know more than than a lot of people. You probably know more than Noni. But Mm -hmm. Noni has 10 years of context. Mm -hmm. So there's like there's levels to it. She's seen you in like in more contexts. One time I, I... got broken up with the first time mm. the same person mm. um i called her weeping Aww. <laughs> yeah no one else has ever gotten that or ever that, will because that's embarrassing i don't know if i've ever seen yeah, I don't, i've never seen you weep no she didn't see me either i was over the phone maybe that's an experience you can have together someday weeping over a, a medium ugly man no we're not going back there we're not going back there again. <laughs> um okay is there Anything else you want to talk about in terms of I think art? In terms of 2020, art? 2023 resolutions or should we move on to another topic? I think we should move on. I think okay. we need to set the, set the stage. Taylor and I watched Barbie yesterday. And I'm we're like fresh bar- off Barbie. Fresh off Barbie. And I have not stopped thinking about not it. Th- we're going to we're gonna get into that. That'll be the bulk uh-huh. of this episode. Let's do some quick the hits. The meat and really potatoes. Um, Twitter is changing from Twitter to X as of today. Why? Why? Elon Erlin is trying to alienate his entire, like, I would say fan base, but no, user base. That's what Mm -hmm. it is. Don't know why. Don't know what he gains out of it. It also has a connotation of like, like X. This is either like, it's like, it's, I can show you the logo. It's like dark and like, like neon lights. How do I show you this? Like, I'm just like, what's the point? What's the point? I don't. What's, what's the, point the point of any of the changes he's made? I don't know. What's, is it, he gonna, try- what's it gonna take for you to stop using Twitter? 
Because there was the, the the scroll limit, like how many tweets you can view. I've never hit that limit, so it's it doesn't like, really like. Right, I, there are people, me. especially people that like it was their job, like yeah. reporters or something. Um, but then there's like the the what is it? Twitter, the subscription where you pay mm-hmm. to have like a blue check. I don't care about that. Or the fact that like there's there was like a mass exodus a few weeks ago with threads and now people are coming back yeah i mean i'm just like if i i just like being able to have a platform where i can like send my funny thoughts mm-hmm. into the world but i don't really like get that much engagement it's kind of just for me so i'm like well what's it's not like i'm like doing so well on Twitter, I have to stay. So Twitter would have to like break down and be unusable for you to stop using it. Or I would, yeah. Or I mean, I don't know. I'm just like, would like you pay for it. If, if, that, if, it came no. if I was, if I could just like transfer my experience onto threads, like threads, I would. threads is like, it's really, really boring, but it is it for me it is like the the thing that i have yeah i don't feel like getting back on twitter i don't want to but i don't want to have to like recurate my whole feed and that follow, is the weird you know? thing it's do your instagram followers automatically become your followers on threads i mean like you can choose who follows you or not but yeah oh. it is the same pool of people which was a hard sell because <laughs> i don't know if that's i had to make same. sure my grandma wasn't yeah. looking i didn't make sure no coworkers were looking because I want to just post rancid shit online mm-hmm. without fear of someone being like, I saw what you posted the other day. Yeah. Oh my God. One time, the first time I got high, I recorded it and put it on Twitter. <laughs> Objectively funny, right? <laughs> it was funny. I should find the video and show you. But one of my friends was like, you should take that down. I hate that. Like, like for what? And they're like, oh, potential employers aren't going to hire you. Bitch, employers aren't hiring me anyway. What's the point? I was like, Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I hate I want my employer to that. be cool as fuck. Is that yeah. too much to ask? If I, if my employer won't let me say fuck on the internet, like, but that's like kind of the fear that I have about, um, yeah, like this whole podcast and my whole internet presence. Like, I don't, I don't know if I'm gonna have to like scrub everything. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, but anyway, is Elon Musk like trying to purposely tank Twitter because, I don't know. Is he going to like try to recoup his investment by selling it? I don't know. He He's already. No. Twitter hasn't made money in a while. One. Two. He bought it for some insanely stupid price. Like a price that one would have wiped out homelessness in America. Wow. But two, it like wasn't worth that much. So he paid more than for what it was worth. Okay. And three, if he were to sell it now, it it's worth less than what it was when he bought it because he's. He's ruined it. He's clowning it. So I don't know what his end goal is. I'm sure it'll become some some kind of like playground for him and his cronies eventually. Uh-huh. It's gonna be like um the actual like right wing social media. What is site. the other what is that one called? It has a name. I wanna it's, say Parlor. Pa- mm, is that right? That's right. There is one and it is scary. Yeah. I just, like, keep thinking about everybody who works at Twitter right now. Like, I'm... I would have quit so long ago. Every terrible job I've ever had, probably a walk in the park compared to the average day of a Twitter employee in the Elon Musk era. Remember, though, they are getting paid, in theory. If they're still employed, mm-hmm. they're probably essential to the working of the company. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people that were essential also were hired, were fired. Yeah. But... 
But how frustrating, like, every day you have to implement something so fucking stupid right. based on the whims of someone who doesn't know what they're doing. My God, imagine him walking through, like, the, the line of cubicles. Ugh, and then they're like, oh, my God, did you hear what's happening today? Like, oh, the, all that work you just something. did, scrap it, you know? This maybe a precursor to our Barbie conversation. There's a lot of companies that are set up to serve the ego of a man. The um, jobs that I've had where the hardest part of my job was the emotional labor mm-hmm. of like caretaking yes. for someone else's feelings. Right. It's a full-time job. I, I am tired. <laughs> I'm tired too. I, I think it would be cool if we all could just like chill the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I think this is like, it's kind of like how much bring it, bring it back to capitalism. It's how much you want like your, work to be part of your identity Mm. and like how because like if the more you're emotionally invested in a job like the more you will want like it will kill you if you get bad feedback on something or like the more it's like Mm. so important for you for your boss to like you not just to like think you do good work but like like you as a person i feel like i i've gotten enough bad feedback from a lot of different bosses to I, I've divorced the the feedback from my own personal view of my work, mm-hmm. which is how which it, it, should it be. feels good. Yeah, in that I can go to work. It can be a bad day at work, but like I know that it's a stepping stone for mm-hmm. some other future thing that I want to do. And you can still come home and like make a nice dinner and chill out. But it won't ruin your whole day. What isn't separate entirely is my identity from my money. Mm-hmm. Like to live a life that I want to live, I need a certain level of runway, right? And that is intrinsically linked to my job. And so to some extent, I have to work hard to get to where I want to be to live how I want to live in some weird way. Yeah. But so. it's like, ugh, I recently had a situation, just I'm going to be like very vague about it, but like, like somebody kind of like messed with my money a little bit, mm-hmm. like not withholding anything, but it was like, unclear communication lack of clear expectations that end up like with me losing out on a job or losing out on money Mm -hmm. that is like that shit is like so it feels dehumanizing because you're like i you know i have to leave (laughs) i gotta work so like just be for real be for like just treat me like a fucking person treat me like a person how would you like to be treated? So that's, I mean, but I don't know why that's like so hard for people to, I think people sometimes maybe don't have the confidence that they can lead like that, that that's going to be enough or that they feel like people are only motivated by fear or getting in trouble. I don't know. Who Life knows? is all about interpersonal relationships. Isn't it? Isn't it? It truly is. Speaking so speaking of interpersonal, of interpersonal relationships. <laughs> Get out of my brain. With your girlfriend, hey, hey, cousin boy. What about? Leave your wife of 10 years who just had a baby, cousin boy. The best. Okay. Hey, I like I'm yours. We're going to talk about Miss Arianka. I know it ain't right. Miss Glinda? Glinda. The girl, what are you doing? (laughs) Miss Glinda. Um, so Ariana, Go- Ariana Gomez, <laughs> Ariana Grande okay. 
TMZ broke the news that she and her husband, like Dalton Gomez, of like two years, I think, okay. um, are getting a divorce. And then like the next day. We were all rooting for him. He just seems like normal and nice. So I was like, and good for you, Ari. From our perspective, it, do- it doesn't seem like like he was never in the limelight and yeah. he's not a subject of conversation now. Poor him. But, like, apparently it was, like, oh, he didn't really, like, they got together during the pandemic, so they had, like, this little love bubble, but then when she started to go back out into the world, he was, like, very freaked out by her level of fame and the fact that, like, you can't go anywhere without security and, like, blah, blah, blah. Was it the level of fame or was it? (laughs) Was it intimidating or were you intimidated? Um, Right. So then, but that's the story. But then apparently she's been dating her co-star of the Wicked movie, Ethan Slater. Who is he playing? Bach. And if it's not a monk, munchkin, who's Bach? I I've, seen Wicked, I've seen Wicked a long time. time ago. He's a munchkin. Right. And what did I say? He looks like a munchkin. <laughs> he also looks like Frankie Conde. Um, so... Th- Ethan Slater did play SpongeBob in the SpongeBob musical. He was nominated for a Tony. Right. Um, Before this, like, it, it's kind of laughable, but, like, SpongeBob the musical wasn't known to be bad, right? No, and apparently he was really good in it. Right. But um, many people have expressed confusion right. at this pairing, especially since Ari's dated some... Like hot guys. High profile, very attractive. Mm-hmm. Right. So people are like, what's going on here? But then people from the theater community have been saying, like, if you grew up in the theater community, you would understand <laughs> why she'd want to date like a five seven white tenor. Right. <laughs> this Let- like only tenor. Not even a berry tenor. The one tenor. <laughs> Let ye who has never dated the one tenor in the show short white cast man in the, the first stone. Bach is not the lead, though. Is he the, the lead man? Mm-mm. Fierro's the lead man, who is that guy from Bridgerton. What is she doing? He's gay. Oh, we're talking about Homeboy. Mm-hmm. I know. That's why they were all buddy-buddy at Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Mm-hmm. The pieces are clicking together. Yeah. Um, but he's he's very he's very good. I've, I've seen like clips of him singing. I'm very excited. Um, right, 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 right. And I would love to know his middle name. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so I actually think we need to hear from somebody very specific. Ariana. Cynthia Erivo. Oh. Oh. She, I want to know she what she never. knows. I know that she, she would probably never knows spill. So much about so many people. <laughs> that's why I'm saying. But she keeps it to herself. She minds her own business, and that's why her skin is clear. <laughs> Give me one hour with Cynthia Erivo and like I'd be like, Cynthia, I will tell nobody Just, what happened. <laughs> uh, okay, there is there are rumors and they are salacious in nature that she is a being a little bit of a homewrecker. Because apparently Ethan Slater was married to his high school sweetheart. They just had a baby last year. And on like their anniversary, he was like to my like the best mother, my best friend, blah, blah, blah. Um, in theory, like if you line up the timelines of when they said they started dating, it would have been the same time as their anniversary. And, and regardless, regardless, Mm -hmm. if two marriages are ending and we're talking about a span of weeks, 
or like a month or two. Right. That's still like a little fishy. That's a little fishy. Aren't you guys sad when you break up with someone? Like, damn. It's hard to be sad when you're getting dicked down. But like, I go on like two, like in my single days, if I liked someone, Mm -hmm. even if we had gotten like three dates Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out, I'd be like, like such a long time. I feel like there are people that have gotten out of 10-year relationships and just been ready to throw ass. If they're checked out mentally right, for right, a long right. time before. That makes sense. And then there have been like three-month situationships that have rocked my world for two years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No in between. But also imagine you are someone that can have anyone. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't waste any time. But then if I could have anyone. Why? I would be in the – but like that's the thing. Like I'd be in the DMs setting up like like shooting my shot with like my dream you would guys dream big. i wouldn't be like oh Maybe my god because she has had her dream guys she just wants joe schmo from from down the down the way but does she feel like okay well this person is like gonna be like obsessed with me and loyal to me because you should be grateful to be dating ariana grande do you think they'd like each other if, if wicked was no longer filming which that's, it isn't, by the way. But, like, that's the whole point of a showmance. You know? You wouldn't necessarily date if you weren't in the show together. Right, 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 right. But you would break up a 10-year-long re- relationship. I don't know. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. But, like, that's the thing about being, like... I'm glad they ugh. broke their relationships up rather than outwardly cheating on each, on their partners. I mean, but that's the thing. They could have cheated, but this is just the PR narrative, you know? Like, we don't actually know. We haven't heard from any of these parties, except for the ex-wife, who is apparently distraught right now and completely blindsided by it. Fuck TMZ. (sighs) Ruining lives for years. (laughs) I will actually, not to bring it back to Place of Vanderpump Rules, but I will never forget seeing that TMZ headline of... Tom and Ariana breaking up because Raquel cheated. They broke Tom. Kobe news. Oh, that actually was that, not that okay. Was the final um, but yeah, I mean, this is just like messy. And then people on the internet have been like, Ariana has a like history of like breaking up relationships. Like apparently she, wait, because it was like Naya Rivera who was dating, who Big dating Sean. Big Sean, and she was like, they were there were the the there was overlap. And then they were immediately together. And then, like, Cassie David said that, like, Pete Davidson, like, broke up with her over text after, like, two years. And the next day was, like, stepping out with Ariana. Right. It's not a good look. It's It's not not a good good look. look. It's not a good look. To be honest and real in the pod, it's not a good look. Have you ever broken up a relationship? No. What are your thoughts on, you have, like, an unshakable crush on someone who's in a relationship? Would you would you advise saying something? Would you advise cutting things off? Um cuz I've heard I've heard advice on either end of It I don't think that any crush is unshakable. Well, I think a crush in an in by definition is like the absence of of knowledge of a person it's like yes they're not real. yes exactly so getting to know them will get rid of that crush or solidify uh-huh. it. Because I've I've had like 
times where I've like met people who I think, oh my gosh, they're cute mm -hmm. or like, oh my God, I like them. But then come to find out they are dating someone mentally. You just have to like completely shut that door and then you can get to know them without the like crush feelings. And I think it's okay to like be like, oh, they're cute or whatever. But like you have to be very, very like diligent in your mental boundaries to not cross that line and also it's just like growing up and realizing you have so many options if you were to ever go on one of those like vice youtube shows where it's like a blind date with someone and one of the questions is have you ever cheated would you say yes or no well i've never cheated on a partner but you know what i actually another thing that i did oh my god oh my god <laughs> oh my god Okay, wait. Oh my god, I'm literally like finding some empathy <laughs> <laughs> because I'm thinking about the bad stuff that I did. I was in a really like emotionally abusive relationship in college. Right. Me and this guy were fighting for so long. He was so mean to me. Right. Um, I had enough. I mentally had broken up with him long before I did it. But then when I did it, and I was like, like it's over. And then I felt so free. And literally the next day I made out with somebody. Oh, okay. That's okay. <laughs> so then, so I guess like I thinking back to like five minutes ago when I was like, oh my God, I could never move on so fast. I kind of get it. Like if you are if mentally you're done, you're done. done, you're done. Right. Fuck. But like I would. There's just like a built in like. I would never cheat. I would actually never cheat. No, but you would break up to be with someone new. Question mark. Um, yeah, but also I would like try not to get there. I feel like I'm being very incriminating right now. Well, all of this to say, um, humans share very similar experiences. What's the bad thing that you've done? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I, did, I said bad stuff I did. Now you say something. Actually, we're running low on time. <laughs> We actually should talk about Barbie, though. Yeah, we should. So we saw this movie. We saw, we I, saw this little movie called this Barbie. Movie called Barbie, the Berbers. I, I. Oh, sorry. I. I'm interested in your experience as a man. I'm interested in your experience as a woman. Mm -hmm. Wow, all of the world's issues have been solved. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Equality achieved mm. at last. I okay. So I have a few thoughts about specific characters and then about the movie as a whole. Okay. Margot Robbie did that shit. I love, I mean, she, I love her. She, she has a very like huge range in, in, yes. and quickly accessible emotions that she, are portrayed very quickly. Yes. And I knew because Greta directed this, it was going to be insightful and make me think, mm -hmm. but I didn't expect it to strike so it was a PG 13 movie. I didn't even know that. Oh, like I thought it was going to be geared towards children in a way that a Pixar movies are, but then like parents can get something from it too. Yeah. No, this was very much like, yeah, this is for everyone. Yeah. I, so loved that. Um, there were certain parts of the movie where I was like, Oh, this is moving really fast. But mm -hmm. then I was glad that it moved fast. Mm -hmm. I just kind of had to like, in some ways, it circumvented the, the natural progression that you expect from a movie. Same more. In that, like, 
we had two seconds in Barbie land before. By the way, we're going to spoil this if you haven't seen it yet. C- come back to this part once you've seen mm-hmm. it. Um, and we do recommend watching it. <coughs> um, I I would have expected to have more like establishing time in Barbie land. I thought we had a good amount of establishing time in Barbie land. Well, looking back on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it made sense for what else was planned in the movie. I was just like, well, we're moving really fast. Oh my yeah. God, she's out of Barbie land. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. She had one good day and then everything started going downhill and then it was yeah. out, which is kind of how it is, actually. <laughs> um, Life comes at you fast. There's a huge discussion online on how a lot of people are walking away from this and feeling like it's just bashing men. Okay. And there is an eye roll moment from that, but I think that negates it's not, Ken's though. entire trajectory. Mm-hmm. So I would love to talk about Ken. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I think there's a First there's of all, little smash your pass. Smash. <laughs> no. What? I don't find him attractive. Brian Gosling? He, okay. He's pretty in a way that Barbie doll is pretty. I think in this movie, it's like he's supposed to look like plastic. But I feel like Brian Gosling in his like Brian Gosling form is like hot. Like as Ken, maybe not. But as Brian Gosling. No, because I saw his yeah. GQ shoot. With like normal sandy blonde hair and like he had all these nice clothes so on. Dreamy. I I didn't feel anything. I'm sorry. Okay. And like not everyone needs to be for me. But I love the way that we're objectifying him. Right. I that's know. why I was like, we don't have to do this. It was a joke at first. Um, but I think that that really like ties into the theme of the movie because the right. Kens initially are objectified in the way that like women in the real world are objectified. Like they make that very clear. Like. Well, the dichotomy like like it it because it's so polar opposite it's very striking when you get into the real world and then you like are back in the way that women are treated well, in so reality for ken objectification would have been enough yeah she was just if disinterested barbary barber <laughs> barbie gave ken any attention whatsoever uh-huh he wouldn't have needed to go find solace in patriarchy mm-hmm. right yeah when they went to the real world and she experienced be like a sexual harassment mm-hmm. initially her experience was well i feel icky his experience was i like this yeah i have attention right 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 right. because i saw a tiktok or something about this where it was like yeah Ken was, like, so pissed because Barbie just, like, was disinterested. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the worst thing a a man can think of. And that is why, like, incel culture ties Mm -hmm. into this. Because the worst thing a man can, like, a woman can do to a man is just be like, no thanks, I don't want to fuck you. Right. He's not scared that she's going to, like, beat the shit out of him. He's not scared that, like, she's going to assault him, hurt him. Like, that's... Like, literally, like, the most damaging thing is if they're just, like, not into you. So, but then to see when Ken, like, brings patriarchy to Barbie land, they, like, make all the women, the female Barbies, like, serve them and, like, feed their egos. They're building a society "Mm -hmm." where it is impossible for them to not be at the center. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's their biggest fear, where they have to take a backseat. Yeah. I also think that his trajectory from from being invisible to Barbie to being the center to then being forced to find out who yeah. the fuck he is independent of Barbie. I, there's also a big like 
if we're just to say Ryan Gosling did such a good job, Ken was such a good character, blah, 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 that negates the entire movie in and of itself. Because mm. it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's like he becomes and Ken, or sorry, just Ken at the end. But I feel like that, it's important that it happened, but like I don't want to. Only just, focus on that? I don't want to focus on that. Yeah. Um, I do I do think he did a good job. I did not expect to like his character. Yeah. I think he played it in a way that, like, he brought a lot to that role that he's someone funny. else might he's not funny. have. He's funny. He, like, the tone was perfect. His beats were great. It was just, like, did a great job. He's, he's just so committed. Like, and mm-hmm. this is what I loved about everybody. I think, like, everybody's performances were very cohesive mm-hmm. because everybody committed so fully to it. And, like... Simu was fighting for his life in those dance sequences. Though. Oh, man. <laughs> But, like, Margot Robbie specifically, like, I just think she's so good because mm-hmm. she's, like, so funny and available and, like, likable. I love her. Like, I just truly, she's, like, the, the heart and soul of this movie. And, and what, it, a, what a more perfect actress to play that role. I think it's so meta because, like, was her first big break, like, Wolf of Wall Street? Is one of her firsts, yeah. I mean, she's in her early 20s, mm-hmm. like, pussy out mm-hmm. with Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, and then from that moment on, she was like, oh, sex symbol. Like, oh, she's so fucking hot. Uh, but, like, nobody really pays attention to how good of an actor she is. But she's like, I think been, and then she did, like, I, Tanya, where she's, like, trying to do this, like. More, like, dramatic. Yeah not looks focused uh-huh. well it kind of is because she did look like her but but then to like be this very meta moment where she's like someone who's been objectified for her looks and her body stepping into this like figure that's whose body whose image whose like look has been so like polarizing and and objectifying i think it's just such so meta and it must be like so empowering for her to like take that narrative back hmm. i think it's cool that like what a unique opportunity to yeah to play a role where you explicitly get to be like i'm not an idea i'm a i'm a person mm-hmm. i think that's Bringing a humanity. really really cool idea oh love her um what do we think okay i've definitely had like heard some critiques about like the feminism of the movie it being like very surface level like america ferrera's monologue of like oh like we're not allowed to be like too much but like we have to be they're all things we've heard before not too yeah it's all things we've heard before and i remember watching that scene i remember like i'm with you girl but i've heard this Mm -hmm. but then i heard all these girls in the in in the theater snapping and cheering and like going along with it and i'm like hold up this isn't for me Mm. i agree with you Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean the hope and and like goal of that scene is to get someone to fucking pay attention. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, like I was really like swept up in it. Right. Like I was, I was like snapping for America Ferrera because yeah, what there was like somebody who I think Barbie did like say this, but like like she called it cognitive dissonance, mm-hmm. like having to live in this state of cognitive dissonance all the time as a woman in the society and how exhausting that is. Mm-hmm. So even if we've like heard the messaging before that like it's impossible to be a woman, having 
that reiterated, it's like never really going to get old. And I understand the yearning for more depth, sophist- yeah, sophisticated takes. Uh-huh. Um, but again, like I'm not going to hold this one movie up to like the standard of like I, this needs to be an explicitly like right. <laughs> feminist narrative that pushes the discourse forward. I I had that same thought while watching that scene. I do think that Barbie as a movie did enough given the like the audience and mm-hmm. the, the space and time that it had built for itself. I wasn't expecting them to write an entire dissertation of words that I never heard before. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's an enti- there's a huge population of people that have never fully grasped that. Mm-hmm. And I think if they can get a portion of those to finally pay attention, that's the goal. And for young girls who might, this might be their first exposure exactly to feminist theory. Like it doesn't, I don't think it has to like scratch. Yeah. My itch like for theory, you know, completely. Cause it like, it, it captures the emotion and it captures like the experience. A bit so. of it felt like, like Instagram yeah. therapy where it's not wrong. It's just like, it's a kind of a groaner because we've heard it before. Uh huh. But doesn't it doesn't make it, it doesn't invalidate it at all. But I also think it's like such a, there was something like so healing about a film that's like very from the feminist mm-hmm. perspective and from like the female gaze. Um, that was also like fun and campy and like stylistically enjoyable. Like I think sometimes calling attention to like the plight of women has to be very like dark and it's like very like women are suffering. Women are getting raped, <laughs> like well, getting beaten, but like to have like a fun, like empowering movie that I don't know. I, I don't know. If, the like, thing is it was empowering, but it wasn't just like, La di da. Yeah. But it didn't have to go to the place of we're watching a woman get on screen yeah. for for us to like it did take a more nuanced approach. It did have to depth. say that women being a woman is complex and hard and confusing and dissonant in a way that's not necessarily what needs to be shown on TV. Because being a woman, it it's not the the scary life altering events it is the day to day yes it's literally like this you know the the second she pops into the real world and like sees the eyes on her and feels the underlying threat like just even imagining a world without that was like like very like i can't imagine what like a relief that would literally can't imagine it though because even in barbie land where you're like oh it doesn't exist they weren't drawing attention to it. Like, I don't think we actually have the ability to not... To not... To, to li- imagine. To imagine it. Let's talk about Alan and by doing so, talk about the gay community and allyship. Okay, shit. I would love to. Alan... Is he queer-coded? Yes. He's ally-coded. I don't know if... It, oh, okay. He wasn't explicitly queer. I think in, in, like, the canon of Barbie, he actually marries Midge. Oh, my God. Cute. Daddy. Daddy. Stepdaddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I I think there's a there's a perspective that I resonate with a lot in that women are, have always been so important to me, and I always am one to like 
apologize and take a step back when needed. Mm-hmm. When like you're saying, I hate when men say the the word bitch. Mm-hmm. That you you making corrections like that sit with me. But like there there are shortcomings like that where like gay men will comment on a woman's body and expect it to be okay because I'm not. There's, yeah. there's still ways in which men and, and women uh-huh. interplay with misogyny. Yes. Just by, by nature of it, it being the system that we're brought up in. Mm-hmm. And I think Alan was a good example of that proximity to being a woman. He was, he was the man with the least amount of power. Mm-hmm. And the separateness of like not he fitting was, in in either he's othered, camp, right? Yeah. And I think that 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 character in and of itself was really special because it's like how do you interact with this hurting community mm-hmm. without stealing the spotlight from them? And then I think that the way that his arc from trying to literally just like escape Ken the Ken land Mm -hmm. being like oh fuck this I'm out of here to then actively like helping the cause and like letting the women lead the charge but like helping them out is like a cool like allyship arc to follow I think he was illustrated in a way that it's like this is a it is a good example maybe not the the perfect way or the way but Mm -hmm. a good example of how to be an ally Mm -hmm. how you don't have to steal the spotlight essentially you just have like you can just be like hey like put the tool in my hand like i'll get to work but with that a a lot of his ability to do that comes from being othered Mm mm-hmm like and it, like I, I personally wouldn't wish that on anybody. Mm. I think feeling othered in my own life, feeling like I don't fit in in a straight male space, feeling like X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. has brought me to where I am, has brought me a lot of empathy, has showed me how to interact with women in a way that is respectful. I still get it wrong, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like I... I wouldn't wish that othering that that necessary like that trajectory mm-hmm. on anybody. Mm-hmm. There has to be a way to be an ally. There has to be a way to interact with groups of people that are oppressed mm-hmm. without. <laughs> I d- I'm just glad that they showed that character. They showed that mm-hmm. that position in all of this because mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily relate to Ken in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. There are times in my life where I've felt really fragile because of rejection, mm. but there's a lot of masculinity. There's a, like, I wouldn't have been on that beach fighting for what? No. Yeah. For what? I also don't have the urge to like be in control of everything for what sounds tired, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I'm glad they, they put the Alan character in there mm-hmm. and they didn't try to boil us down into like that one Barbie that wears an earring <laughs> or, or the, the sugar daddy Barbie. But I'm interested to see like, um, I actually wish we would have talked to Max about this a bit more of like the straight male perspective of like being an ally. Like I wonder if like straight men who are like, I'm a feminist will see Alan and be like, oh, that's me in the movie, you know? Well, he did say that. He mm-hmm. thought he was Alan, too. Mm-hmm. Max is, is, he's a little Alan-coded. He's yeah. also a little Ken-coded. Yeah, because I think, like, as a, you know, the more privilege you have, the more, I guess, 
I don't know. I think I think your perspective on Alan being so othered and like relating that to the queer community. I'm also anticipating the fact that like a lot of straight men are going to be like, like are going to separate themselves from the Kens by being like, oh, that's not me. I'm an ally. Right. I'm Alan. I I don't have to think about how that relates to me i don't have to like yeah because i'm a good guy question my participation in this you can be a good guy and still be a ken that's the whole fucking point Mm -hmm. ken wasn't the villain Mm -mm. and i think that is what is going over people's heads Mm -hmm. you you can be a good guy and still fuck up all the time Mm -hmm. maybe not all the time but like can't wait to see this movie with my boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) seeing with a straight man like explicitly a straight man Sorry, that was <laughs> Max is straight. He's in a straight relationship, and I I respect his his identity. sexual identity. <laughs> <laughs> there are some straight men that just have a little extra sugar. I love you, Max. I hope you know that. <laughs> Do you are know you, what I mean? Are you a friend of Alan? <laughs> a friend of Alan. Cute. <laughs> I there there have been so many interesting takes online from this mm-hmm. movie and I have not stopped thinking about yeah. it. When I left the theater I was like, "Oh, that's really cute." I did cry. Yeah, yeah. Because mama when she was like, "Mothers stand still so that daughters can look back to see how far they've come." That the hurt. feeling that I felt me. in my stomach that made me want to be like, "Oh my, that made me way. think of my mama." Every time I see a Greta Ger- Gerwig movie, urge to call my mother and apologize. <laughs> She's on to something. Because Lady Bird is about the relationship with the mom, right? Oh I haven't God. seen it, but like I want to. If I saw We it, need to watch Lady Bird and we need to watch Little Women together. Uh-huh. Oh my God, both so good. If you want to see me weep. What's the other one she did? Mm. Maybe it was just those two. I think it's those are her two, yeah. Okay. Ones. Um, but yeah, I loved Barbie. It made me like love being a woman. Oh, how I love being a woman. And the final line. I'm here for my gynecology appointment. Yeah. Just so funny. I've been obsessed with that Billie Eilish song. (gasps) I will say that scene where it cut to a bunch of women just being women. It made me feel so like instantly connected to just what it is to be human. Mm -hmm. It's so, so I'm sorry, I'm a cancer, but like mm-hmm. I was romanticizing the human experience, the human experience <laughs> yeah. in that being human means you're, you're adding things into the fold all the time. Mm-hmm. You're depressed. You gotta, you gotta work it out. You get married. It's the happiest day of your life. You gotta work that in as well. Like it all interweaves into who you are at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes that scene at the bus stop so important where she looks at the old woman that yeah maybe her I am. because like that old woman is the picture of someone who's lived life in a way that she never got to yeah and also the fact that barbie was like she had no context for like age being bad or right. like ugly to just be like wow she saw someone that like was beautiful and she be, said right. that she's beautiful like and i think that that is another message of the movie where Barbie at first sees the flat feet, sees the cellulite and freaks out like those signs of like humanness Mm -hmm. and like the imperfection of having a body was initially like she freaked out about it. Yeah. But then her 
seeing that older woman and then experiencing the real world and still choosing it at the end of the day. I I mean, I think that, that that's like a subtler message, but that was very powerful. Hmm. To be like the, the, those signs of like, I think that's a criticism of, of Barbie as a doll, as a concept of like this, this is an impossible like measurement. Nobody can look like this. Like, and that's a very, that's a very valid criticism of like what the objects, the toys that we give our children, like that has a, the representation that they see, like that has an effect on how they view themselves. So it was nice to kind of like, tweak and correct that even if that is like capitalism trying to market the product but like (laughs) well i like that and that their initial thing is like you can be anything but in doing so they created such such controversy with just being barbie but to me any feminist take is never perfect in of itself either Mm -hmm. and the fact that we expect feminist takes to be perfect perfect is fucking crazy and completely inclusive all the time of every single experience and like Hmm. Meanwhile, what are like, um, what are takes by like male theorists? Women should be in the kitchen, you know, all the men, like the guys on podcasts. Okay. Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. He wanted to take that picture in the Barbie box. We know he did. (laughs) Um, we are so about an hour. So true. And we're late for dinner. And we're late for dinner. I still have to pack a bag. Okay, we should um, wrap this up. Um, one little Easter egg in the movie that America Ferrera's daughter, uh-huh. Sasha, I think her name was. Uh-huh. Um, you remember all the, the girls that she's sitting with at the lunch table? Yeah. They all had the names of the Brad dolls. Fierce. Right. Oh, I got a little like a... Uh, little Easter egg. Little Easter egg. Little uh, inter... Mama. Little doll, doll on doll crime. I could talk about this movie for a long time. And um, I probably thank you will. guys so much for listening. We had a great time talking about Barbie with you. Yep. If <laughs> you've ever done anything um, bad, if you've ever broken a relationship, um, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Let Taylor know she needs to feel like she's not alone in this world. Um, everybody does dumb stuff when they're 18. Also when they're 25. I'm not 29. doing anything dumb anymore. Never? Mm-mm. Don't, <clears throat> look at me, don't look at me like that. If you like this episode, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. What you could do is pop on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. However you're watching this now, hit subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And send it to a friend. Um, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, at nofuckspod. That's N-O-F-U-Q-S-P-O-D. Um, threads as well. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I have a thread, I guess. She'll hop on eventually. Um, um, you can... Check out our website. It's nofuckspod.com. Send us an email address, uh, nofuckspod at gmail.com. Um, let us know your your hot takes yeah, on love to know. Barbie, feminism and as a whole. Should we, I think next up we have to go see Oppenheimer to review it. Yeah. That, I'm like, now that I saw Barbie, I'm like, I don't really <laughs> I think there are a little, well, I only wanted to op- watch Oppenheimer in opposition to Barbie. Uh-huh. But there are. Are these some similarities in the two movies, I believe? And I love Florence Pugh. I'll see anything she's in. So, except Great. for Midsommar, because that looks scary. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. We release new episodes every other Tuesday. Yep. And with that being said, I don't think I have any follow-up questions. I don't think I have any follow-up questions either. Bye. Bye.